Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Come on, give God a big hand of praise this morning. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking that your word would shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bible, open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 24. And then put your finger there and also open to Matthew chapter number 6. We're going to bounce over there here in just a minute. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24 says, Know ye not, this is King James Version, that they which run in a race run all, or everybody that's in a race runs, but only one receives the prize. The last part of that verse says, So run that you may obtain. One translation says, run to win. Come on, let's say that together. Run to win. 2021 is the year of the arena for our church. There's no more sideline Christianity. You got to get in the arena. Come on, somebody. You find out it's very hard to be critical in the arena. You don't have time for all the petty stuff when you're in the fight. You don't have time for all the petty stuff when you're actually loving people and pointing them to Christ. So for you and for me, it's the year of the arena. Uh, one of the things that we're doing as we are running to win is we've declared uh, a 10-day fast. I really felt like it was important for us this year to start off with a great fast. I know a lot of people go longer than that. Some people go shorter than that. But for our church, I really sought the Lord, and I sensed a 10-day fast was just a great start to our year. So we're on day seven right now. Everybody say seven. Seven is a beautiful number. It usually indicates some form of completion. It also indicates uh, like a time of of peace or rest. And so if you are fasting, I just want to speak to you for just a second. Um, The next few days, you are in like the, the hot zone for an encounter with God. Because now you've crossed over and eight is always a new beginning as well. Eight is like the first day of the next week, if you will. So whenever you decide to fast, that, that 8, 9, 10, even 7, but 7, 8, 9, 10, your flesh is probably already pretty crucified. Whatever you've laid aside, some of you laid aside food completely, and, and uh, that's what I've done. And I can just tell you, hunger starts to really go away, and this is the same way it's been for me when I've done it in the past, somewhere around that 4, 5 day. Six can be a tough day too, but somewhere around that four or five day, hunger is literally gone and you find out like you won't die if you don't eat a cheeseburger. Come on, somebody. But what happens is now you have, your flesh is in subjection, at least on the food side of it. You can't go, you can't go seven days without eating whatever you set aside and have your flesh be running the show anymore. Your flesh is not running the show. So you are in prime area. So when you're seeking God, Don't just ask him to speak to you, even though that's a beautiful, wonderful thing to ask. If you can just have some fellowship with the Lord, some some literal, I'm calling it an encounter. I'm doing these little videos every morning. I'm calling them a brief Bible study. I'm doing them every morning on my social media. You can check me out there, and I, I pray that it would encourage you. But I'm doing these brief Bible studies every morning, and right now I'm focusing on fasting, of course, 
and, and the beauty of, of setting your flesh in its place or putting your flesh in its place. When you decide to do that, that is running to win. There's not a, everybody that you bump into tomorrow is not fasting. Every time you drive past Chick-fil-A, come on somebody. You can, don't talk yourself into it. Well, it's Christian chicken. Praise the Lord. No. No, that you just get behind me, Satan. You know what Jesus said. Get behind me, Satan, and keep rolling. You know what I'm talking about? You get if you're fasting bread right now, I promise you, you can smell the difference between crust and bread. If you're fasting sweets right now, you could if so, if the waitress lays down or the waiter lays down sweet tea and unsweet tea. If they say, well, I don't remember which one's which, you can just go. The one on the left is sweet. Because your senses start to go way up. And oh, by the way, it's like baptizing your, your taste buds again to, to being fresh once again. Some of the things that we eat, we are, we are eating by habit. And the truth of it is, your hunger pains aren't real till about day three, day four. Up till then, they're habit pains. Well, you, you know, it's 11 o'clock, time to start thinking about lunch. You, and, and, and I just think about it like this. When's the last time you said, it's 11 o'clock, only an hour before I get to spend some time with God. Only an hour before I get to read his word. Only an hour before I get to go to his word. Now, I'm working as unto the Lord, meaning I, I do my work as if I'm working for Jesus himself. But in just a little time, I'm going to get to spend some time with the Lord. And I like to call those hunger pains. I like to call those an internal alarm clock to remind you to pray. So instead of letting it be the thing that tells, that tells you what to do, you start telling your flesh what to do when it, when, it, when it decides to yell at you. That works with children too, by the way. If they go yelling at you and getting everything they want, let me just tell you something. You just gave them the code to get everything they want. When they're little, especially, you got you to gotta set some standards in your home. You got to decide, you know what, that's not the way it works. Because sooner or later, they're going to they're gonna have to be an adult, and they're going to have to grow up, and they're going to have to begin to deal with their own flesh. And if, if their flesh is, is screaming at them, they're just going to assume when something screams, you're just supposed to do what it says. But that's not the way it is in the kingdom. My goodness, it's quiet in this library, Jay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, flip over to Matthew chapter number six. Somebody say, not cute, but effective. We're going line upon line today for a few verses because it's more important to me that you understand the word of God and can stand on the word of God than it is for you to be entertained. Matthew 6 and verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? That word, no thought, in our translation, in our current vernacular, would be, don't be anxious about it. Don't let it cause anxiety. Don't worry about what you're going to eat in the future. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. In other words, your needs... Clothing, that would be considered a need. God supplies your needs according to his riches in glory. So don't spend a lot of time being anxious and worrying about how your needs are going to be met in the future. Be diligent, be wise, 
work, stand on the word, but don't let anxiety of whether or not God's going to provide in the future take over because that is just a masquerade of doubt and unbelief having an effect on your life. Because God can't fail. That's why, that's why that old saying, you know, it's better to, to teach a man to fish than to give him a fish. Because if he, if he knows how to fish, he can catch infinite fish. But if you just give him one fish, he just has one fish. So it's not all about having, it's about knowing. So you can have all of your needs and you can have a timeline of how long those uh, supply for all of your needs and you can have a timeline of how long that supply will last for your needs and that is a thing that you have or there's a knowing that God himself will supply my needs according to his riches and glory. So I'm not going to reach into tomorrow and rob its sorrow into today. I'm not going to sit there and and, and worry about 10 years from now, how's this going to happen? How's that going to happen? Now certainly we're going to do our best to plan and prepare and all that. But we're not going to let anxiety get a hold of us because we're not, we're not, we're, we're in this world. We're not of this world. My kids never wonder, oh, I hope we have enough money to eat. You know why? Because on a micro scale, Crystal and I supply their needs according to our bank account. You still with me? Let's make this real clear. So a parent has a kid. The kid is three years old. The kid needs some lunch. The kid doesn't go get a job. The kid doesn't go, oh, man, I just don't know where it's going to come from. You know, I just, oh, my goodness gracious. I know we got enough in the, in the pantry for today, but look, we only have seven days worth of food. Where are we going to get the rest of the food for, you know, day eight? No, the kid by default, everybody say default. The default conditioning in a child is to trust the parent. Why do you think when Jesus was asked, how do we pray? He said, you need to address him as you understand, as if you understood completely that he is your parent. Then whenever he was asked, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He said, you can't even really access the kingdom of heaven unless you're converted like a child. Because a child's default condition is to believe their parent is going to supply for them what they need. So when you talk to God and you think he's some uh, uh, you know, hostile monster, it's hard to picture him supplying your needs. But when you talk to God through the lens of the, of the word of God and through the Holy Spirit and you understand that he is a good father and he is our father and we are not his adults, we are his children and our good father supplies our needs according not to our bank account but according to the endless, limitless bank account of the kingdom of heaven. Does this make sense? So we begin to rewire how we think. We don't, we don't sit there and, and, and get into all those worries. Now this will stop I don't, want to, I don't know what your conversation is like, but this is going to stop a lot of your conversation flat if you'll do it. Because a lot of people spend a significant amount of time discussing their worries. Well, what are we going to do if this happened? What are we going to do if that happened? What are we going to do if this? I like to think like this. What are we going to do when we've got $100 million in the bank and we've got to feed all the orphans with it? How are we going to figure it out when it breaks out? How are we going to do it? We got to make sure we have the right piece in place. What are you getting ready for? I'm getting ready for a breakthrough. I'm getting ready for revival. I'm getting ready for God to do something special in my life. I'm getting ready for God to supernaturally supply my needs. So you have a choice at all times. At all times you have a choice. You can either go the world's way or you can go the kingdom way. 
And at New Heights Church, I am committed to teaching you the kingdom way, and I could care less about the world's way. I don't discuss it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't meditate on it. I don't think about it. I, anytime that I feel it coming into my mindset, I cast down that vain imagination because it begins to exalt itself against or above the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is the word of God. And so if you're in the world and you're living like the world, you better figure out how the world lives because that's your chances. But if you're in the kingdom and you keep trying to drag the world into the kingdom, you're not going to have either one of them working very well for you. Because the minute you get in the kingdom, the world is now against you. Satan himself is a pretty good devil. He's pretty good at, at disrupting your life. So he's going to consistently try to be throwing things against you to try to stop you. But the first thing that you got to get through, the, through the, the rewiring process of your brain or your mindset is you've got to get to the place where I don't have to worry about that. One of the benefits of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, even on planet earth, is that when I sign up and I get blood bought and I get washed by the blood of the lamb and now I'm numbered among the righteous and I am bold as a lion and I've been set on a, uh, my feet upon a solid rock, one of the benefits of that is I don't have to worry about my future like the world has to worry about their future. Now that applies to your eternal future, but it also applies to your future here. Right before this, he talks about, look at the birds of the air, look at the flowers in the field. He said, those things aren't worried about what they're going to eat. He said, how much more so? See, our God pays much more attention. You are the apple of his eye. One of the biggest things that can help you in your life is faith. And it sounds so simple, but faith is not just thinking about anything. It's thinking about the Bible with your whole heart and focusing and deciding this Bible cannot fail. And I will stand on it until I see it come to pass or they put me in a grave. That's faith. Forget about the world. The world is ours to win. Not to try to participate in all the time. Not to try to, to be like them. I, I know maybe this can be taken to an extreme, but I've heard this said almost my whole life. I don't want to be too churchy. And I've always thought, my God, the church is what saved my whole life. The church is where I learned about Jesus. I don't want to be too churchy. Maybe the church ought to be churchy again. Maybe the church ought to quit looking like the world all the time and worried about what they think about us. Maybe we ought to stop talking politics all the time and keep talking kingdom all the time. Maybe if we want to see the, the hand of God move, we ought to leave the donkeys and the, and the, and the elephants alone and get focused on the lamb and the lion. Maybe we ought to see, maybe we'll see God move when we decide we're not going to be moved anymore. I don't know about you, but this is the year of the arena. Somebody say, not cute, but effective. We're going to be effective. The first thing you got to do is you got to stop giving all that time because you only got 24 hours in a day. Tick, tock, tick. Top, 24 hours, that's it. And if you're given time to worry about your future, you are in direct contradiction to God's holy Bible. And every time you say something like this, well, I'm just bent that way, you just confess that that's how you are instead of confessing the word over what you are till it overcomes what you are. 
But it comes a point where you got to decide, man, I'm going to stick with this book and that is it. And in 2021, if you can't see it, if you can't see the dissection between the world and the kingdom, then I'd say you're standing on the fence. Because when you get full tilt kingdom, you can go, my God, how did I live that way so long? Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me alive throughout that. I can't believe I made it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Your angels had charge over me. That's why I'm not in a grave right now. These are, these are real concepts. I'm not, I'm not talking to a bunch of people that don't know what it's like to feel like you're far from God. I know what it's like to feel like I'm far from God. There's nothing worse than feeling like you're far from God to be separated from the one who is love itself. There's nothing worse than that. So why would you ever think that he's not going to supply your needs in the future? Stop giving space to the devil to pick on your mindset and your state of mind. Somebody say, the word of God cannot fail, period. Then just do this. That's putting a period on it. He said clearly, he said, look, he said, don't give any thought to it. Don't be anxious about it. One one scripture says, be anxious for nothing. I was having a talk this morning with with a a guy and I just said, I said, look here. I said, this is not a place where we get all anxious. Come on, somebody. We're, not, we're anxious for nothing around here. That's what's going to happen around here. We're going to be in perfect peace. Why? Because we've got our mind stayed on him. Well, what are we about? We're about our father's business. Come on, somebody. You know, when, 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 when it's your father's business, you ready for this? It's going to hit you different. That means you may not know it yet, but you're a part owner in that thing. Jesus told his parents, he said, you should have known. I'll be about my father's business. When you get about your father's business, your father's business gets about you. But when you're over there trying to do it like the world and trying to, you know, outthink and outsmart and outscheme and out this and out that. And oh my goodness gracious, if I could just work 187 hours a week, then I'd be able to this, then I'd be able to that. No, 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 no. A moment in his presence can give you an idea that can overwhelm 187 hours worth of effort. Let it hit you in your spirit. Let the word of God sink and just land and sit in your spirit. And then you just roll it around and meditate on it until your mind lines up with what what the Bible actually says. And when that happens, you are unstoppable. I'm talking about unstoppable. I'm talking about everything in your life Everything in your life now looks like an opportunity because you know God's going to do it. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. He says this, for after these things, the Gentiles seek. Now, the Gentiles in this text is effectively talking like the world. This is what the world seeks. All these other things. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. God knows what you have need of. It doesn't shock him. So if, if, if you're constantly coming to him, begging him as if it's a maybe that he would supply your needs, 
Even your prayer life can be riddled with doubt and unbelief. Is this too much for a Sunday morning? Even your prayer life can be riddled with doubt and unbelief. What you do is you ask and believe when you pray that you actually receive it, and then you just keep going. Now, that doesn't mean that you're wrong if you ever pray the same prayer twice, but don't be going to God like he might fail. Don't be going to God like he might can do it. No, faith is what moves God. God, I thank you so much in Jesus' name that you're supplying my needs according to your riches and glory. I've got this feeling that I don't know where, where this is going to come from. I don't know what's going to happen in a month. I'm being laid off in, in two months. I'm being laid off in a week. I don't, want to, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I know that I know. And even though my flesh is screaming at me, telling me something else, I know for a fact that you will always supply my needs and I will constantly trust that and I will not be moved by anything else I see. In Jesus' name, amen. And you'll find that prayer working a lot quicker than, oh God, oh God, if you love me. He already told you he loved you. If you say, if you love me, that means you don't know him. If I came up to Jake and I said, hey Bill, hey Bob, hey John, well, John, sorry. Hey, Bill, John is his real name. If I, if I came to him and called him Billy, he doesn't have to answer me because I'm not calling him who he is. So when you're saying, oh, God, if you love me, if this, if that, you're not talking. You're not talking about God as if that is how he is. He is love itself. He let his son bleed and die. Stop micromanaging your faith through your own experiences. Get fire branded. The, the one thing, you know, I got some cattle. Come on, somebody. This is Texas. For all you watching online, this is Texas. We ride horses to church every day. Praise the Lord. I have some cattle, and, and some of those cattle are marked with an ear tag. Did you know that ear tag can come out of them and has? But I got some that are branded. Come on, somebody. And I don't care if somebody stole them tomorrow, that brand is not coming off. Some of you need to get branded with the word of God and stop wearing it as a tag that can fall out of your ear. I'm talking about though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I'm talking about a whole nother level. I'm talking about getting the arena where the, where the dirt is stained with the blood of martyrs and say, here I am, Lord. If you can use anything, you can use me in Jesus' name. Talking about a whole nother level of Christianity. You say, well, have we seen it before? I don't know. But what I do know is God's not coming back for a, a, a beat down and busted church. Come on, somebody. A glorious church, a spotless bride, one that's filled with power and fire. I prophesy and I declare in the name of Jesus Christ a season of power in your life, a season of glory in your life, that your home will be filled with the Shekinah glory of Almighty God. And as you pursue Him and His presence and you pursue His Word, that He's going to overwhelm your household in Jesus' name. I declare it over your life. Some of y'all, some of y'all have tolerated the devil too long. And it's time to do what you ought to do. Cast him out. He said, well, what if he doesn't leave? I got one for you. Praying fast. Come on, somebody. Isn't fasting fun? Praise the Lord. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. 
and I, I, was, I, had this, I had this just urge to send this text message. And I, I was like, oh, I need to pull over and do it. But I, I didn't. I waited till I got home, did it in the driveway, and, and I sent it. And an hour later, the guy called me. He says, man, he says, you're not going to believe this. That is this incredible encounter with God. He said, like, maybe I've never had. Overwhelmed me in my vehicle. He said, and what you text me was a lot of what was happening and being said. And then, then you know, iron sharpens iron. He then, he said, and here's what I really feel like the Lord was saying. And it was something even for me in the whole beautiful exchange. It was just this beautiful moment of exchange. And I was like, oh, my God. I said, I said, man, he goes, he goes, here we are. This was five days in. He said, five days in. I said, I know. I said, now, look, fasting makes the pendulum swing very far. Because at first, you're like, oh, my God, I want a taco. Can we just be real in the house of God? You start, you start looking at stuff you don't even like. You're like, man, I'd, I'd kill some celery right now. <laughs> what about some Brussels sprouts? Don't even cook them. Just give me them. Thing. Yeah. You ever had an oak leaf? I don't know. Maybe. Acorns falling. Pendulum swings. But then, then something starts to shift. And all of a sudden, you get over here and one encounter, one, makes whatever it took to get there worth it. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait. He didn't tell them wait 10 days. It was 10 days. He didn't tell them to wait 10 days. He said, wait until you've been endued with power. Can I say it differently? Wait until you've had an encounter. The reason people stopped receiving from God is because they put timelines on his delivery. He didn't say 10 days. He said, don't you move until you've encountered. Don't you move. Don't you stop standing until you see that prodigal son preaching the gospel with fire. Don't you stop standing until you see that daughter who you know is out there doing things you wish they didn't in the house of God, worshiping, serving, being a greeter, an usher, rocking babies in the nursery. Don't you stop believing God. You get fire branded with the condition of the peace of God and decide no devil in hell could steal this from me. This is not negotiable. I came in this thing to win and I'm not surprised that I'm in a fight because this Bible told me I would be in a fight. Stop putting an alarm clock on if God doesn't move by this point, then I guess I'll do something else. God's not, God wants to talk to you more than you want to hear him. The question is, can you get all the stuff out of the way? Last verse. We're in the year of the arena. One of the questions is, how do I fight the good fight of faith? Faith, verse 33 says, seek first. Somebody say first. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things all your food all your clothing 
All your needs, everything you could think of, will be added unto you. But oftentimes when you hear something one way, the inverse is accurate as well. Seek the things first and you'll miss the kingdom. But if you seek the kingdom first, everything you can imagine, everything you can imagine. You say, well, what does that include? I would put it to you like this. What can you imagine? Because greater than you have ever thought and greater than you've ever hoped for, the Bible says he's going to exceed those thoughts and expectations. So the limiter is not him. The limiter is you. The limiter is how far can you go with your belief? How far do you want to go? Well, I'd just like to have my bills paid at the end of the week. Praise the Lord. He'll do it. I'd like to take my family around the world and let them see the world. Praise the Lord. He'll make you able to do it. I'd like to pay my house off. He'll make you able to do it. I'd like to see my kids all serving God. He'll make that happen. But you can't seek that first and secondly the kingdom. The kingdom has to be first. Then he adds all these other things to you. How do you seek the kingdom first? I'll give you just a few keys quickly because I'm going to wrap up. First off, the kingdom has to be first to you personally and in your family. Kingdom. That means we don't, we don't talk about sinners as if God doesn't love them. I'm going to say that again. I want you to hear it. We do not talk about sinners as if God does not love them. People that are out of the kingdom. Let's call it like that. We don't talk about them like God doesn't love them. We don't talk about people that are in the body of Christ in harsh words. We can discuss their actions potentially if it's valuable, but most of the time it's not even valuable. Because what is what does what a Christian is doing in South Dakota have any effect on you? So in your family it becomes kingdom. In your family it becomes kingdom personally. And then in your family, it becomes a priority. So now at your dinner table, your kingdom. And effectively, New Heights Church is kind of like a tribe in the kingdom, if you will. So you pray for the kingdom and you pray for your tribe. So now at dinner, instead of just praying, oh Lord, bless this food in Jesus' name, amen. It's Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for taking sickness from us. I thank you for blessing our bread and our water. I thank you for blessing our food. I thank you, Lord God, for nourishing it. I thank you for anointing our pastors with an outstanding understanding of the fire and the word of God that it might be taught into my ears that I would be able to receive it and stand on it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for every church member of New Heights Church that they are blessed coming in and blessed going out. They are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I thank you, Lord God, that you are supplying our needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you, Lord God, and I pray like Jesus said to pray. We pray that your kingdom would come here like it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty, precious, holy name, amen, amen. And then you eat your steak. And if you don't eat steak, eat your chicken, whatever you eat. 
or your asparagus. Come on. Everything sounds good to me right now. You eat, then you get with it. Now, what happens, okay? First off, your children hear it, your grandchildren hear it, but maybe more important than that, you doggone hear it. Because faith comes by, everybody say it again, faith comes by, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. That prayer that I just recited had the Word of God sprinkled all in it. Don't let the devil stop you from declaring the Word of God just because you can't remember the exact chapter and verse. Reference. When you need the definition of a word in the dictionary, have you ever asked anybody what page is it on and how far down it is on the page? You just want the definition. You need the data. The Word of God, you need the data. Nothing wrong with knowing the chapter and verse. There's many that I do know that way, but there's others that are just, they flow out of me like a river. So when you begin to lift up your church, now you're lifting up the local tribe, if you will, the segment of the kingdom. And you certainly pray corporately for the entire kingdom. But now all of a sudden, you're not going to church with people that that you're not praying for. So it's really hard to get bitter or offended with anybody around you. Because you're praying for them. It's hard to hate something and pray for it at the same time. So now you, now you begin to shift. So that's a personal family scenario, and it has to be uh, prioritized. Everybody say prioritized. It has to be a priority. You let the Word of God be a priority. Let the house of God be a priority. Uh, in the evening time, stop and turn a message on, even if you've heard it already. Turn it on again and just watch it on YouTube, on your phone, or on the TV. And, and instead of watching all this stuff that's not feeding your spirit with your family, watch about 10 minutes of it. And don't, like, wig out on the kids and say, you better watch it right now. I'll tell you what. Just let them do whatever they're going to do anyway. They're, they're hardly paying attention even to watching shows they do want to watch. They ain't paying attention. They're watching their phone, playing with a game they got for Christmas. They're doing all that kind of stuff. Messing with the dog, kicking the cat. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I recommend at least three cats. You know, Y2K and all. Got to have something to eat. All the feline lovers were like, get your purse. I'm out of here. Glory to God. All right. I'm going to do this real quick. Second is corporately. Third is daily. I'm just going to go through these quick. Corporately, you tithe and offer first. That is a corporate way of putting the kingdom first. It's an individual decision, but it helps the kingdom locally. All the promises are tied to you as well. But we're not doing anything, nothing we're doing right now without the faithfulness of God's people. So you put the kingdom first in your finances. And then, and then on your family side, your business side, God begins to bless it. But also the house of God is blessed. Now the house of God expands. Now more people are being loved and pointed to Christ. It all works together. You serve the house of God. I know it's different right now. But you find a way to put your hand to the plow. Again, same way it's hard to hate something that, that you pray for. It's hard to despise something that you're, that you're helping pull the wagon. It's hard to think about, that, you know, when you, when you just go to a thing or you, you tune in online or otherwise. And even if, you know, you watch us online and that's all you can do right now. You could serve right there. You could serve by commenting and, and sharing with people, but also reaching out to people. Asking people in the feed if there's anything that can be prayed for. You can find a way to serve. 
But that's a part of putting the kingdom first. And I would never work harder for money than I work for the kingdom. I'm going to say that again. I would never work harder for money than I would the kingdom. Because now I'm putting money first. So again, this is not cute, but effective. So if, if you drug up and went to work, even though you were tired because you stayed up all night watching Netflix, but you stayed up all night Saturday night and didn't go to church, which one did you put first? Everybody say, not cute, but effective. I'm talking about putting the kingdom first, rubber meeting the road. If it wouldn't stop you from going to work, it should not stop you from being in the house of God. And I, I mean that digitally, digitally as well in this season. If it didn't stop you from going to work, it shouldn't stop you from serving on the first touch team. If you would be late and call your boss, if, it, if you were getting paid for it, but you don't call the leader of the first touch team when you're going to be late, you have put your money more important than the kingdom in that area. And if you ask me if I live this way, you can ask him if I live this way, and you can ask anybody around me if I live this way. I do not, I do not back off at all in these areas, and anybody that goes to upper echelons of leadership in this church understands it clearly. If you're not ready for the entire gamut, you are not ready for leadership in the ministry because literally being a minister in the kingdom of God is indicative of being a slave to the book. That means I'm not, I've never been a slave to any employer. Do you understand that? But I am a slave to the gospel. So I'm not going to perform one way with my employer and put those things first. This is why. This is why the church, this is why a lot of churches just fell apart in the pandemic. And New Heights Church, of course, just kept thriving. This is why so many churches fell apart during the pandemic. Because it was an option. And, and the only thing that was ever said to them is, if you can get here, get here. Give when you can. And now, now the people are more broke than they were because they don't have the hand of God on their resources. And the church isn't blessed through the pandemic. I can't tell you how many phone calls I got from ministers. What are you going to do? I said, what do you mean, what am I going to do? I said, we've got a surplus going. What? Yeah, we're, matter of fact, we're about to have a big offering day. We're giving towards a building. You can't be giving towards a building. There's some churches not even gathering. I said, we're still restricting the, the, the attendance. Are you serious? I said, yeah, I'm serious. He said, are, are, well, well, what about, like, have you cut some things? No. I said, last year... One particular orphanage, we sent a little over $100,000 to. This year, same orphanage, we almost sent $220,000 to that same orphanage. Oh, 2020, I mean. 2019 and 2020, I'm talking about. I'm talking about changing your entire life existence by getting in the arena and putting the kingdom first. What area? Every doggone area. There's not an area you don't put the kingdom first. It's doggone in the Bible. We found out asses in the Bible, so. Come on, stand to your feet. Somebody say, not cute, but effective. I pray you receive something today. We're about to make our confessions. Do we have those, those declarations? We're about to make our declarations today. And then I'm going to dismiss you. 
I got a message, by the way, just a little bit ago, that it may or may not be snowing outside right now. Lock the door, Jake. <laughs> All right. Let's make them. You ready? 2021, the year of the arena. Here we go. Let's lift one hand as we do it. I declare 2021 to be the year of hell, and I will fight for it. I will see the word of God come to pass in my life because I'm going to speak it and stand on it. Come what may. I declare 2021 the year of Bible study and I will fight off distractions to fill myself with the word of God. I will consume and digest the word of God. When 2021 is over, I will be far more Bible literate than I am now. I declare 2021 the year of discipleship and I will fight off all my insecurities to share what I do know with others. I'm committed to helping others understand what I understand of the Bible and I will discuss the scripture on a regular basis. I declare 2021 the year of the fire of God and I'm a carrier thereof. I'm actively expecting miracles, signs, wonders, and great moves of the Spirit of God. I'm not ashamed of the supernatural power of God. Give God a hand of praise right there. Here we go. I declare 2021 the year of the arena and I will fight the good fight of faith. I will see many come to Jesus and experience the freedom he offers because I'm going to be bold in sharing him. I'm taking personal responsibility to bring no less than one person per month to New Ice Church. I'm thankful that someone shared Jesus with me and I will share Jesus with others. I declare it, I believe it, and I receive it in Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive that, let's go. Glory to God. Father, I'm asking you to bless your people coming in, going out of the city and the field this day and every day. In Jesus' name, if you got one more praise in you, come on, turn it loose. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.